Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. It's number 256. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And where do we begin? Tensions are rising, huh? We're getting closer to the election. We got a report recently that uh, that Mueller's going to drop his report uh, after the election. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, a lot of push to get out and vote. Did you guys see that uh, L Magazine shared a story? Uh, they tweeted out a story. That said that Kim and Kanye are breaking up. Oh, and really? It had a, and it had, a, but it had a link on it, and if you clicked on the link, it took you right to a page that said, register to vote. Oh, look at that. You got Rick rolled to register to vote. Yeah. And some people are mad about this. Hey, don't be mad. That we're, don't be mad you're dumb. Let's be honest. Like that, you you'd rather click on that than hey hey hey. Don't be mad. They figured us out. <coughs> they found a glitch. They found a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even. I didn't click on the link. I saw the story and I went right to the comments, and <laughs> and just started reading that. And I was Are like, you a oh, obviously something. You just go right to the comment section. Yeah, I am a little bit of a sadist in that respect. I, there's. There's a little bit of uh, reading the comments that's like scab picking that I just can't resist. Oh, like, I don't miss that crap. Like, Roxanne Gay was furious over this, uh, calling it trash nonsense. Uh, one can be civic-minded and interested in celeb- and interested in celebrity gossip. Do better. Whatever. She felt, she felt shamed. I think a lot of people are agree with it. They're feeling shamed that they good you know, that they wanted to click on a story about Kanye, and are now pressured to good. vote. Shame, shame, <laughs> shame. Walking good. through the streets, ringing a bell. Yes. <laughs> well, no. There's definitely been a. I I can't remember a midterm election. Even 2010 wasn't like this. With yeah. like, it is, and it, I, the push is from all angles to get to, for people to get out to vote. I mean, it's 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 coming from the far right, the far left, the the what, what would you call it? the establishment left, the establishment right. I mean, you, you turn on NPR and you'd think that you know the only thing happening in the entire. Case in point, the whole thing with Mueller has taken a back seat thanks to the Supreme Court nomination of Kavanaugh and the election. Well, I think he's been rather silent, too. There hasn't been new news on the uh, on the investigation. Yeah, but there hasn't been the on-the-hour, every-hour speculation about, we haven't heard anything from him, what could this mean? Right. Well, I, I think it was understood what it meant is that he was intentionally not leaking out information uh, leading up to this election. 
Well, especially given the situation during the uh, presidential election and the investigations of both candidates. So in order to, you know, be seen as not being a partisan investigation, he's waiting purposely. I think I would guess that the, the report's ready to go. He's just waiting for right after the election to put it out there. That's or right possible. before. I'm sorry? I said, or right before. You never know. No, no, no. That's what I am saying. You do know. He is intentionally avoiding doing this before the election. Like dropping it even a day before the election would be disastrous for the uh, perception of, uh, of nonpartisanship and of this investigation. I agree. I'm saying with our government, you never fucking know. It wouldn't well, surprise me if it happened. I'm not saying it's going to. It just would, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I would be completely surprised if an, an official announcement was made by Mueller or his team on this. I'm sure we'll get some, uh, some talk, some speculation, certainly, but we're not going to get the official report. If Trump somehow, some way, gets the slightest whiff that it goes, it's going his way, it'll come out. Because he's Trump, and that's what he does. Because he's still fucking campaigning two years into what this it, election. What will come out? It's not. It's not like this can be. What I'm. What we're talking about is like Mueller having an official statement. These are the conclusions of my investigation thus far. Yes. That's not something that you can just leak. I'm just saying, in this day and age, you never fucking know. I'm just okay. Saying, I'm not, saying, can, it, I'm not right. saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying. It shit wouldn't surprise me. Calm down. Have some dip, dude. Like I'm just I'm not trying to be combative. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if shit somehow got leaked. I'm not saying it's happening. All right, we'll move on then. Uh, I mean saying that the, I'm not surprised or are you shocked? Like these types of responses are non starters for any kind of conversation about the CFIN. That's why it throws me. Maybe a well, better way to maybe a better way to put it, to be honest, is I wouldn't put it past someone in the Trump crew to leak it, you know what I'm saying. You know, what but I'm there's saying? no it to leak, right? They could leak any kind of information that they have, but <clears throat> they can't leak what Mueller, Mueller is going to officially announce. Why couldn't they? <laughs> I, I, I no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be an ass. I'm just saying if they can get hold of the information, and they somehow do, why couldn't they say, "Well, this is what he's going to say." And it comes from an anonymous source. Sure. There's going to be any number of speculation leading up to the election, I'm sure. I mean, not that I don't know what good it would do, but to be honest with you, I don't know what goes through most of these fucking people in the Trump, you know, entourage mind. I, I... I don't know. A lot of what they do, I'm like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but all right, okay. See, I, they, they, seem to, they seem to shoot themselves in the foot quite frequently and not care. So, but, okay. So, next up. Well, I think we've seen that Elizabeth Warren is not the one to go toe-to-toe with Trump. Now, what, what the, exactly did she, cl- like, can we how like much they of both a, look dumb in this situation? How much of a heritage well, did she Trump claim, always honestly? looks dumb. Yeah, but he doesn't care. What was your question, Rich? How, like, what, did she ever give a percentage? Like, I yeah. am, or a, you know, a fraction, I am one sixteenth or something like that before these, this DNA test came out? She, well, she didn't prior to, and it's kind of a ridiculous claim. I, 
she her claim was that she had Native American blood. You know, she, uh, she I mean, that's she got the DNA test to basically kind of give Trump the middle finger and as a, a, a way to criticize him for welshing on a bet, essentially, as well. Because he did say that he would give her a campaign fund a uh, million dollars if she had any Native American, uh, any Native American ancestry in her DNA test. But what do you consider a significant amount? Right? It's it was like a, a you know great 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 grandparent of somebody, and it really depends on on how you do if you actually consider these calculations to mean anything there's different ways you can calculate anywhere from like a 64th uh 164th native american to one 1024th well the government has a way to calculate a significant amount if you got enough to get a check it's a significant amount yeah the the government has to put some kind of number on that i would imagine or if you have membership with a tribe on a reservation yeah, I mean, if 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 a, if a tribe won't give you, you know, membership into the tribe, that pretty much tells you all you need to know. I mean, and, and if you're claiming them, but it, it, this to me, this is all silly. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how it is with you guys' family, but in my family, there's so many fucking rumors that have went around for so many years, especially with the <clears throat> the people like my parents, my grandparents' age, about you know who. How much, how much Native American blood do we have on this side and in this side? And who, and, and, and you never knew the truth, you know. Basically, the way I looked at it is, I don't give a shit. Wasn't born on a reservation. I don't, I don't have any legal claim to any fucking casino. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I have in me, you know. It's, <clears throat> it doesn't do anything good or bad for me. And yeah, I don't know what the point of. I mean, certainly it. It's, it's interesting wrong with exploring your heritage. Well, yeah, yeah, and but, my cousin, my cousin actually did. He went and he had a DNA test done, and it's like, uh, no, you are painfully white, you Irish motherfuckers. Now go get drunk and fight. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much what I thought. So, I, th- these these things seem like something from a from a a, a previous generation's hang up on you know, like. The, you know what I'm saying? Like this is almost a way for people to be like, "Oh, I I'm enlightened. I'm one one hundredth of a millionth part of Cherokee." And it's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, grow the well, fuck up. What this does, I think, best is no, dude. I'm 128 feed, black. Feed into conservative narr- uh, the conservative narrative that liberals don't really give a shit about any minority; that they are just uh, feeding them what they want to hear in order to get their vote. I, I think in a lot of cases, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I, was like, I, know. I mean, I do I believe that there's more liberals who genuinely care about people that don't look exactly like them absolute, than Republicans? Absolutely, 100%. But I also believe there's a lot of politicians who are just politicians. Yeah. You know, but, fish got to swim, right? <laughs> it's no big deal. <clears throat> it just, it's, to me, it's, it's petty, it's nonsense. And someone, someone on on uh, on point the other night was talking about. They felt that she went and got this done as a way to head all the the Republican attacks towards her heritage going into twenty twenty. 
to head them off at the pass and keep from her having a birther-like movement. You know, show me the DNA test instead of show me the birth certificate. Yeah, this was her saying pretty definitively that she intended to run against Donald Trump in 2020. And she saw this as a preventative. But what bugs me the most that, about this, there's, though, there's this nothing. Is, you can't prevent this from being a topic. They're going to say whatever they want to say about it. Exactly. What bugs me the most about this, though, at its base, this is R not R two. Like that's really what this is. <laughs> I know it. It really is like driving with kids in the back seat and like. Stop touching me! I'm not touching you, and the fingers like hovering a centimeter away from. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. It's like, oh my god, you like, people are this children. Is, this is Grow politics in America now, everybody. Right. Congratulations. This is what we did. Right. Well, what she said with this test is that this is a subject that is worth discussing, which I completely disagree with. Yeah. If and I think that's going to be the thing that sets apart the person who is capable of going up against Trump. That to not have to think that you have to volley everything back at him. I do right? like the some, fact that there were some, some tribes. Them, that if were, he's go ahead. If he is, if he's knocking the ball into your side of the court, I uh, go with the sports analogy. This being tennis, I uh, a lot of those hits are going to go out anyway. So just let them go out. I like the fact that there are some tribes that their reaction was, we don't care and we don't want you. Yeah, it was. there was a, a, a statement released basically saying, uh, that's nice. Now, what have you done for us? And I'm like, yeah, you kind of set yourself up for that one. First of all, you let Trump dictate the conversation to you. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to win at that game. Because when he dictates the conversation, he's controlling the flow of the fucking conversation. And she fell right into that that that, that trap. Two, you don't think there's going to be people who live in shit conditions who are actually Native American in this country who are going to go, fuck you, bitch. You don't think that's going to happen? It it reeks of appropriation. Yeah. And also the fact that she makes claim to a specific tribe, but yet didn't really do this with their approval. I mean... If she was really sincere about this, I think she would have went to that tribe and said, hey, you know, this is what my DNA test oh. shows. This is what I'm going to announce. I'd you know, like your support in this I f- or something. I feel some sort of connection to your tribe or something, some kind of bullshit to hand them. I, I don't know. If this is her uh, anti-birtherism prophylactic, it's uh, failed miserably. Some weak titty bullshit. It's got a, it's got a hole in it. Well, I also <clears throat> I thought it was a very interesting when NPR was covering this they, that uh, you know it was the top of the hour they're doing a news recap so they just give the facts and then uh, you know they bring in the people to discuss the, the issue and when they were given the facts they were you know she's being attacked from both sides you know Republicans and some Democrats who are you know represent Native American tribe that she claimed. Or, connection to, or just Democrats that are interested <clears throat> in having a candidate that has a chance against Trump. <laughs> There's a, yeah. So there was there was the, uh, the two people that were on. It was very apparent both of them were leaning very far to the left. Mm-hmm. And one was like, "Look, thanks, but no thanks. You're not the right person to run in 2020." Yeah. And the other, <clears throat> and the other was a female who was on there. Who it was amazing because this is exactly why I can't stand the farther ends of the left. 
I fucking despise him as much as I despise the farther ends of the right. Because she felt that that her pick for for president was being attacked. She went on the attack against Cherokee Nation. Well, you know, they've had issues with race and trying to kick out black Cherokee members. And I'm like, really? Really? That's your fucking response? You numb cunt. You fucking dumb bitch. Are you serious? I, you know, you'd think for one second, you're going to get a moment of levity, and then this bullshit. It's eating itself from the inside. It's an oral Boris. Just fucking stop. Stop fucking inventing enemies in your own fucking camp. You idiots. You might win once in a while. What do, what do we know? We're just dirty, filthy centrists. But yeah, I just couldn't believe I'm like, you've got to be bullshitting me. You've got to be bullshitting me. Really? This, this, is, this is how you want to frame this argument? All you, all you have to do is go, you know what? It was, a, it was a, a, a preemptive response to an attack that we all know was coming. That's all it was. Take it for what it is. Let's move on. Can we talk about some real issues now? That's all you have to say. But no, once again... These people are falling for Trump's bullshit and letting him dictate the conversation to them. Yeah. Well, I think there's also this belief that in order to win against Trump and Trump supporters, you have to play their game to the extent that that's a, that's a very Trumpian move. What she did in defense of Elizabeth Warren is to go on the attack and, to you know, if they if there's a source presented that's contradicting uh, your candidate's stance, well, then here's some information that discredits that source. Well, just like, <clears throat> excuse me, just like when you see these, you know, these people who like like the 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 shit, the march, the the march in uh, in 2017, whatever, the Unite the Right one version 1.1 or whatever. Uh huh. Just remember how they took pictures of people and then all of a sudden people started losing their jobs and, you know, let's make these people famous and, you know, they put their pictures on the internet and if anyone knows who this person is and where they work, let's get them fired. And the right lost its fucking mind. Now the right's doing the same thing. And here's, it it comes off as petty. All right. Yes, I understand that you don't like it when it's done to you, so you're going to rightfully assume people aren't going to like it when it's done to them. And, there, and, and the, the, the incident I'm thinking of is it's making the rounds now online is, is some, once again, pro-choice, pro, pro-birth rally, you know, and they were arguing back and forth, and this pro-choice guy said to this woman, you know, you're a piece of shit, and blah, 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 and I don't know how your husband puts up with you, and she goes, well, my husband died in 9-11, and he goes, serves him right. Hope the fucker's rotten in hell. And they're like, let's make him famous. He needs to lose his job. No one should be able to talk like this to a 9-11 widow. And I'm like, you can't use the exact same tactics you've been criticizing. You have to find <laughs> you have to find a new way. Put a new spin on it at least. Put a new paint job on it. You are using the exact same tactics you've been crying about for two years now. And if they, if they go after Trump with Trump with the same tactics that Trump uses after two years of pissing their panties about it, they're going to look like the hypocrites they are. They have to think outside the box on this. You mm-hmm. can't just fucking meet fire with fire. It's well, not that simple. Well, it's not so much that. Is well, maybe is it seeing what's working and then mimicking it? I, I think that there's something to be said for that. And, you know, I wasn't so much speaking about uh, the tactics of the politicians, uh, more so the, the tactics of those supporting them. You know, this woman who is defending Elizabeth Warren uh, feels like this is her candidate. And so she can't 
show any weakness. You know, she can't, she's not going to give an inch on anything on her candidate, which is adopting, I mean, this goes beyond really Trump. This has been a longtime Republican tactic and the, and often criticized trait of the left wing as well as being, you know, this idea that they are uh, liberals will constantly even argue their own point or against their own point, I should say. Well, I, I, I like, I, I don't know. It's, I like the fight at him, but I'm like, yeah, guys, you got to come up with something better than this. Like ultimately, they're gonna this gonna get thrown right back in your face. And by I, whom? I, so I mean, by yeah. who? By who? Yeah. the people they're running against, the Republicans. Do you, I have look? What, I'm not saying what is that. I'm not, I'm not saying that there is not a a group of people in the Democratic Party, Democratic Party, who are just absolute scum, win at all cost, ends justify the means. But I think that's very much more a part of the Republican party than necessarily the democratic party because they 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 have pumped themselves up to believe we're fighting for our very existence to keep our country etc cetera, etc cetera. they framed it like this okay i, I just i mean i understand when, Republic, when the republicans do it it comes off it comes off as strong to their supporters when the democrats do it it comes off as let's call what it is fair or not kind of petty and the republicans jump all over it and they go, oh, now you want to wrap yourself in a flag. Now, 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 it's, now, now you love your country. I mean, Bill Mars talked about this before. He's like, why, why, why is patriotism somehow in so many people's minds linked only to the Republican Party? Like there's no patriotic Democrats. And if they're going to start this, you know, we need to take our country back and, and we love America and blah, 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 this and that, this and that. Republicans are just going to go, oh, really, really? That's how come you want open borders? And and even if they're lies, you know, we're beyond truth and lies at this point. It's what people want to believe. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Is like, yes, the the Republicans will fire back at them, and and call the liberals hypocrites. But is what effect does that really have if everyone that's lined up on the liberal side has decided that? Everything that their candidate says is 100% true, and their candidate is 100% false. And I'm just wondering, is, is that what it actually is going to take, that, that die-hard belief to the point of ignoring facts and, and situations right in front of you, to just get a win? I kind of believe so. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is now. When at all costs, it it definitely feels that way. I mean, it, you listen to, you know, NPR. You read articles. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what side of the political spectrum it's coming from. It's there's like this, you know, desperation. Absolutely, when at all costs, no matter what, like mindset. And I I I don't know. I think there's some of that. I think there's still the majority of what you were describing earlier, Rich, of tearing apart your own side. I mean, there's, it's funny because this woman's response to Elizabeth Warren's DNA test kind of has both in it. It's both being re- willing to, to f- go fight people that, that should be on your side in this issue because they contradicted your candidate and, uh, 
and also this diehard belief that if it's your candidate, that candidate cannot be wrong, even if they are, even if intellectually you know, even though you may not say it to anyone else, you understand where they're wrong, but to voice that in any way is is weakness. Yeah. You know, it can't, it can't be anymore, well, you know, Hillary has had problems, I don't really trust her on this, I think she's weak on that, but it's still better than Trump. You have to now go, if we were rerunning that same election, like, no, Hillary is the absolutely most trustworthy uh, person in politics, nobody can do this job better. It's... A- <laughs> It's almost like you have to have a deity level or a saint's level of, you know, fallibility. Yes, yeah. to, to run for office, and that is absolutely one hundred percent ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Period. Well, uh, yeah, I, and I think maybe that is what it's going to take. I mean, look at look at fucking Kanye. He's coasted in his career that, like for the last decade. I'm just telling everyone that he's the greatest. <laughs> right? That has been his career. Put out some music every once in a while, but the whole time, I am the greatest. He's greatest for greatest. He'll never get to see himself perform live. <laughs> that is an actual quote. <laughs> Wait, they, they don't have video? They don't have... They don't have yeah, no, uh, right. Yeah. You know what? I got I got to give it up to uh, to Obama. He was absolutely right when they were like, "So did you hear what he did at the VMAs?" Oh, what a jackass! <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> yeah. the perfect way. It's the perfect way to describe Kanye West. It's <laughs> fucking jackass. <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of hypocrisy, I mean, we've seen some perfect examples out of the right this last week when the story came out that the deficit. It's now up 17% to uh, $779 billion. It's the largest increase since I think it was like around 2010 or somewhere around there. So the last time we saw this big of an increase on the uh, deficit. And, you know, I think there's no real question that this happens because the government's bringing in less money, right? Because of the tax cuts. It's pretty, I think it's pretty basic math that most Americans can figure out. But of course, what's the going to be the Republican response to this? There's a little bit of murmur now, but trust me, after the election, it's going to be a roar because the message from the Republicans is going to be now the deficit's too high. We have to start cutting quote unquote entitlement programs. Okay, let's start with uh, the military. Let's start with uh, the retirement funds for all politicians, health care for life. Uh, Subsidized farming. Yeah, yeah, let's start there. Let's, let's, okay, cool. Of course, yeah. you know that's not what they're going to do. So. No, they're, they're talking about those welfare. Ne- those those, those damn Negroes. Programs. Yeah. yeah. Talking about, yeah, they're talking about minorities and poor people that like to vote liberal well they'll never attack poor people outright because that would be too close to what what's really happening which is the divide and conquer it's easier to divide along racial lines because if they start dividing them like you know we really hate poor people and then you start realizing that none of these people are poor eventually someone's going to go wait a minute fuck these people why are we putting these people in charge of us if they hate us 
so they'll stick to the racial the racial oh yeah overtones the 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 imaginary welfare queen that Reagan invented will magically come back out of retirement yeah they, rollers they, in her hair they, house shoes driving an Escalade with a two thousand dollar diamond encrusted iPhone but she's getting yeah fifty thousand dollars worth of food stamps a month and twenty million dollars in cash assistance every two weeks yeah y- you remember her. Republicans tried her her out anytime they it, 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 like like anytime they need you know to go well this is this is the face of entitlement programs no the yeah. face of entitlement programs is toothless yahoos in Mississippi and Alabama who are white I was gonna say what you just described is is that your big person <laughs> with the what the what the yeah what the uh, that's what I've seen in my experience I, you yeah. that's your that's your tribe I sir know, I, I know I that's know. what I'm saying. <laughs> Rolling up in the in the Mercedes, wallet full of cash, it's, trying to right. pay with the bridge card. Like, what are you doing? This argument doesn't. This type of argument doesn't work in any other situation, but yet continually seems to get traction with politicians. This here, okay, ignore all these facts, data, stories that you've read. All that's wrong because I've managed to produce one person out of billions. That 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 proves all of that wrong, right? Well, it's, it, it reeks of the Kavanaugh thing. Uh, this woman accused me of rape, but here's sixty women who didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fuck does that got to do with one? What does oh, one have to do with the other? Cosby <laughs> should have hired Kavanaugh for his legal defense. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. This is what you do. How many? How many? Yes, his defense would have been: How many sleeping women has Cosby been around and not molested? Yeah. <laughs> More than are accusing him. Case closed, Your Honor. Yeah. If the nap doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, and it, what sucks is it's going to end up hurting people who can least afford it. It's going to end up. They're going to end up cutting uh, Medicaid. They're going to end up cutting Medicare. Older people, people who've already paid it. This is not. By the way, yeah. Medicare is not an entitlement. They paid into that shit. All right. They already tax your fucking your social security. You're getting taxed on a tax. Yeah. Well, so this was this was the plan all from the start, right? They had to sell the story that the tax cuts were going to pay for themselves, right? With this idea that it seems to have never actually played out <laughs> in the history of anywhere. But continually is trotted out as an argument. Well, we're going to cut taxes on businesses, and those businesses are going to go out and do more business and hire more people, and that's going to generate more tax money to offset the the tax that we gave up by not collecting it. And it never does, and it just ends up with a higher deficit. But they can't run this plan out on, well, we're going to cut taxes, and we're going to pay for it, with entitlement programs. They just have to have that waiting period. Like, we'll cut taxes now. As soon as the deficit number hits uh, something significant, then we can trot that out as an excuse to to have to cut back on everything else. Yeah, that that pretty much sounds like their MO. Can't we just have a flat tax? What is the argument against a flat tax? Because every once in a while, I'll I'll hear the idea floated out, and there are just people that are just like, absolutely not. But I never really get it. I, I'm never. I never have really heard why. Well, what are we describing as flat tax? Like, uh, 
everyone pays the same percentage. Yes. So based on... Uh, like it is now, the bracketing system. Yeah. Right. Like, like if you make below 50 grand, you pay this percent. If you make above 50 grand but below 100 grand, you pay this. You know, you make over 100 grand, you pay this percent. Like that kind of shit. Well, but that's not a flat. I mean, you're talking... We have a bracketed system, yeah, where we have a sliding percentage based on income. Or we just so find we- the, 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 the magic percentage, you know, that we pay economists and shit for. You figure it out. You got the magic percentage of everybody's income. It'll make shit work. There's got to be one. Maybe it's a third. Yeah. Maybe it's a quarter. Maybe it's 10%. Well, Who fucking you know, knows? <clears throat> I think a lot of uh, middle-income people are used to paying roughly about 20%, let's call it, on their, uh, on their income. And the uh, you know, corporate tax rate is much higher than that. And, and so it is for you know, uh, millionaires. They pay a much higher percentage with the assumption that they can afford that. But when they actually run numbers on like, well, what are, what's actually being collected after they go through all the different loopholes and exemptions and all this stuff. And it works out to about 20%. So maybe that is the magic number. I mean, maybe we could possibly just go with like, everyone pays 20% of their income in taxes, no refunds, no loopholes, just blow all that out. And probably end up with uh, with no real loss in tax income. For every dollar you make, the government gets twenty cents. The end. Now, but, but my question is: Would that mean we get rid of things like sales tax? And I don't know. I'm not trying to like rewrite all. I I have no idea. I, I understand where why you're not? going. Why not? Early in the show, <laughs> we got time. Well, no, no, there, but, but, but see, that's the thing. That's the reason I asked is because when when it comes up, when people that are just like absolutely not, they just, that's their answer. And I'm like, well, why is that? Is it because I don't have a position on it one way or the other, to be honest with you. I'm just curious as to what the arguments were if you guys knew them for or against. So that's that's why I asked. Or for sales tax specifically? No, 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 no. For a flat tax. Oh, and, you know, what that would entail. It's like, okay, well, if everybody pays 20%, no matter who you are, no matter what you make, then does that mean we still have these other taxes? Or are they taken away? Is that part of it? You know, is that part of it? I mean, I know that's been presented. Some politicians have, have ran on, like, I want a flat tax. And it seems to be more of a conservative idea than a, than a, than a coming from, from, you know, the Democrats. But yeah. That might just be a faulty, you know. Well, I because I think memory the, on my part. The, no, I think I think you're right. The conservatives would run on on flat tax with the idea that they could just flatten out the percentage and not actually touch any of the any of the rest of the system with, that's set up with the IRS and the refunds and loopholes and all this shit, right? So when you do that, you actually end up with, you know, say it's twenty percent. You use that as a base, but after these businesses, you know, go through all the loopholes, they'll end up paying next to nothing. Where okay. you know now, if the if their tax rate is say thirty percent, then they manage to get loopholes that get them down to like paying five or ten percent. At least it's something. 
So, yeah, I mean, the only way a flat tax would really work is if you drastically simplified the whole the whole process in general. Which is a buzzword from, from past uh, elections, I remember. Let's simplify the tax code. So you can uh, fit it on a postcard? Yeah, wasn't that, was that Romney? I think so. I think he was, I mean, he wasn't the the one to invent the idea of fitting it on a post that actually exists in, in some countries, you know, you pay a certain amount of tax and then the government sends you a postcard and says, here's all, here's the calculations of what you paid and what you owe. And if we owe you or you owe us and just, you can double check the math on it. And if you agree, you sign it, send it off and then you, Make your payments or get your check or what what have you. All right. Well, now that welcome to economics one hundred and one. Yeah. <laughs> With the high ons of unregimented. Welcome to the tax show, everybody. <laughs> uh, again, yeah, I'm. We got an account. He's coming in next. <laughs> right, if anyone saw my credit rating, they're like, "Why would we listen to you about anything?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know how to spend money. That's that's a skill, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my ex-wife seems to think so. So, <laughs> 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 I think that's actually on her resume. I think it comes other with, skills, spending money. It comes with the vagina. <laughs> oh God! So, do we want to move on to uh, the? Because I'm I'm kind of really fascinated by this whole Washington Post reporter story. Yeah, about what is his name's Jamal Kago. Kag- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I just called him the Washington Post reporter. <laughs> like, Kashogi. Actually, part of this is I can't read my own writing. I don't know if I wrote an S or a G. <clears throat> I remember thinking it's like it's. He sounds like he has a I think uh, it's Kashogi Middle Eastern slash. Asian name, which is like, that's a hell of a fucking combination. But, so I, th- I think you're right on the last name, Khashoggi. Khashoggi, yeah. Not the guy, not the, the hot dog eating dude. <laughs> not the baseball that was, player. <laughs> that was Kobayashi. He's playing the office what? space. The the Samir Naga, oh. Naga work here anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a fucked up story. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. I mean, I don't, I don't know where to start with it. I guess just to set the the stage on this one. Pretend but, you have a member of your podcast who has no idea about the story. Just right. Of okay. The, of the things he's read, perhaps a half an hour before the show. A Washington. We're, we're going to po- pretend, huh? Washington yes. Post reporter <laughs> that is been vocally critical of the Saudi government and Prince Mohammed bin Salman, uh, walks into a consulate and appears to have been uh, nabbed and taken to a room and beaten by a group of men uh, that had a bone saw with which to chop off his head. Well, first his fingers... Then his head, then chop him up enough to fit into duffel bags and carry him out of the consulate. That appears to be what has happened. And this is, uh, well, 
I don't know. The reaction to this has been interesting, to say the least. Trump certainly has gotten a lot of, I think, somewhat deserved criticism for the way that he's responded to it. But I, did anyone expect him to be the one to stand up to the Saudis? I mean, they helped fund the terrorists that committed 9-11. And what did we, I mean, it didn't stop Bush from holding anyone's hand. No. Yeah. Didn't stop us from putting them on a private jet to get out of the country on 9-11 quick, fast, in a fucking hurry. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia wasn't even part of the Muslim ban. So I don't know. I mean, this is a, a horrific story and uh, just yeah, part of a long line of a, this fucked up relationship that we have with this country because they have so much money and oil. Like, you know, it was very interesting about this story. Going, hey, what are you doing? What's very interesting about this story to me is that wasn't it, you know, well, <laughs> I was going to ask a rhetorical question, but it, it, it Trump was, you know, harping at, well, Mexico isn't sending us their best and brightest. They're sending us their murderers and their rapists and these these drug cartel and gang members who commit atrocities, like saw people mm-hmm. with a chainsaw alive. How's that any different than what these fucking people did to this guy? Taking a bone <laughs> saw to someone who's still awake and conscious. Of the group that was, that was pictured, that showed up, No, first of all, everyone in that group that was identified was identified as a soldier, bodyguard, mercenary, hired killer. Yes. And the one that, that wasn't one of those was a doctor who specializes in autopsies. Why would that group be hanging out? Is, right. that, just the, is that just a fun Saturday night in Saudi Arabia? Some of them with direct connections to uh, the prince. Exactly, Yes. So MBS, as he's uh, referred to. The notorious MBS. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like, come on now. And that is not a coincidence, period. And I understand Trump trying. I I understand Trump trying because Trump's that, that, that weird narcissist. He's got that weird narcissist habit of those who attack him, he attacks. Those who praise him, he praises Right. And well, also those who are willing to spend some money. Well, yeah, they, we, I mean, we we do a lot of we sell a lot of weapons to Saudi Arabia. That's not even that's not even a secret. That's not a conspiracy. That's just a fact. Oh, yeah. That's all there is to it. So right. if you're, if you're, if you're dis- we, well, we sell them weapons because we feel that we need Saudi Arabia to help control Iran. There I, are no. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're our ally in that respect. But yeah, I mean, Trump trotted out that some, you know, $100 billion number that he just pulled out of his ass. But I'm sure it's somewhere near there. Well, I, it's a lot. It's, it's quite a bit. They were, I can't remember the, the, the estimated number they were talking about on the news the other day, but I didn't realize it was as much money that exchanges hands for military equipment and, and weapons. From us to them, you know. I mean, I, I, I just, I never thought of it. It's not something that gets reported on. Yeah, you know. I think it'd be on our shit list after nine eleven. You'd think, but, but apparently we we want to be friendly with them, huh? Fun, funny how money changes things, isn't it? Though, well, you know, there's the money that that the Saudis used to buy uh, 
buy weapons, buy armaments from us, but there's also a significant amount, and I, I don't know if anybody would be able to know or even estimate how much of it, if it if it's, uh, reaches the numbers that they spend on weapons, but I would guess it would. The, number, the amount of money that they spend on investments in the U.S., particularly Silicon Valley, you know, there's a lot of tech companies that wouldn't have been able to have the, the power and reach that they do now if it wasn't for investment from Saudi Arabian uh, princes and, and whatnot. I mean, that place is just dripping with money. Yeah, I remember a, it might have been a Vice story about the children of a lot of these people and just the ridiculousness. Like, you might have a cat when you're a kid in America. These people have tigers as pets. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they burn through Lamborghinis like they're on Viva La Bam. You know, they don't give a shit. I mean, you know, just in, in, insanity when you when you really look at it and go, Jesus, God, you got that much money to throw away? Holy shit. Like, these are people that will never, ever have to worry about being poor. Ever. Unless they get, like, thrown out of their family or somehow. But... Yeah, there's some sort of revolt, but... Uh... You know, even then, that money will buy them away. At least, right? The forward-thinking ones, they'll get out of there. Yeah. Plus, I mean, they're they're not so stingy with their money that they don't manage to keep the uh, the poor in their country satisfied enough. Well, no, you you got to prevent that type of revolt. You got to got to you got to throw some crumbs down every once in a while, right? But no, that the story. What's so fascinating to me is one. I really wish we could get every politician in this country, line them up, inject them with some sort of like truth serum, and go, how many times do you wish you could have had a, a hit squad do this to a reporter that was talking shit about you? And see what they would honestly say, because I, I got to believe this is like, Trump heard this story and was like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? Right, he's like, wait, I, you can do that? <laughs> you can just can chop them up, literally? Can we get Bill Maher? <laughs> On a plane to Saudi Arabia right now? Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Maddow, too. But two is the fact that this is this is what a dictatorship leads to. <clears throat> there is no such thing as a free press. And from all signs point to this man paid with his life, and not just a quick death, a grisly, gruesome death for daring to speak out against people in power. Mm-hmm. That is pure fucking evil. In my book, like I, you're gonna kill him. You walk up, you put a bullet in the back of his head, and you call it a day to dismember the guy at the joints while he's still fucking alive. Okay, that's evil mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah, that goes beyond. That goes beyond a soldier doing his job. That starts getting into like, in my mind, the type of shit that you know we still hunt Nazis for because they were doing shit like that to people. I mean, I. <clears throat> And we just sit back and condone it as a country because why? Like like everything we've discussed, money and there are there are allies. Like I I just I it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, I that's why the criticism of Trump and his handling of this is is kind of weird. Because, yeah, you should criticize the president for their stance on Saudi Arabia, as you should just about every president prior to Trump. Yeah. 
But <clears throat> to expect him, to expect him of all people, to be the one that's going to take that stance. Yeah. Have we have we just met? Hi, we're yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not. He really, this is the guy you want for rational conversation on this subject. You might want to take a nap for another six years. Well, <clears throat> at least prior presidents knew how to handle this. <laughs> yeah, you attack and, you another know, country. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, but uh, he's just so blatant about it. I mean, when, when first asked about it, he immediately goes to the money they spend on, uh, on buying weapons from us. And then... <laughs> Uh, compares this incident to the Brett Kavanaugh, saying this is another case of guilty until proven innocent. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously that's a that's a that's a tenuous comparison. Well, in, you know, at best, one we're talking about, you know, believing somebody who is accused of something that happened thirty years ago, and the other we're talking about. Someone being taken apart at the joints while still alive. And to be brutally honest, sorry, hashtag believe all women. We have a lot more proof that this guy, that this happened to this, this reporter than we have of anything that happened with Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. So that's just all there is to it. We have no physical evidence. We have no circumstantial evidence. We have hearsay. So, and that, that was, that was one of the things that made me start scratching my head because here come all the usual suspects going, how dare he trivialize women and what women go through by comparing this to Kavanaugh. And I'm like, I think you got it backwards, sweetheart. I really do. Oh, you can't, I, can't say. I, I, I just did and don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. There's no physical. Now, if, if there was a rape kit, there was his semen on her, then you know what? Yeah, I guess, I guess we, could, we could say that, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're of the same way. There was something happened there. But we don't even know that anything happened there. We just have her word versus his. That's it. This, we have proof that a group of killers, and you can't convince me that they were just bebopping down the street and just ran into one right. another. Well, that's the thing, too, is to like, just as a story, I think everybody would go, oh, yeah, that prince killed that dude. Like, he took out my bone saw. What's, <clears throat> what's, what's the, the other option? Like, <laughs> they were all gathering together, and they were going to play uh, Magic the Gathering with the reporter. That's what they were going to do. <laughs> right. They, they, they just got together for a nice game and just went sideways. Yeah, they, 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 he's not missing. He's not dead. They just have a marathon ga- game of D&D going. Right. You know, they got a really good dungeon master this time. Right. I mean, at least in the first couple of days, they could claim some sort of ignorance and, like, there's, you know, no proof at that point that the guy's even really missing. You and know? Their, their, their denial was literally, what? It's crazy. What? What? That's, that's, that's not a denial. Right. That's what a little kid does when they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. What? I wouldn't do another. What? <laughs> their, their response was like, Jamal Kashagi? No, uh, I know his brother, Latron Kashagi. Right. Uh, Latron. Uh, I think I see him. He's got a beard? <laughs> does he wear a robe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I've seen that, dude. Yeah, he said he was going on vacation or some shit. Yeah, I think I think he said he was uh, he he was at the all you can eat uh, 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 
pork <laughs> pork rib buffet. Oh, Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> and he said, fuck Islam. And he got a bunch of people angry at him. Yeah. But not us. Not us. We weren't angry about it. He said something about Muhammad's a bitch. And then he left. And then drew a cartoon of him and wiped his ass with it. Let's <laughs> do sidewalk portraits, which is they're all pictures of the prophet. <laughs> Draw yourself as the prophet. Um, Jesus God. Be, what was the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode? There will be a fatwa out on us yeah. if this episode ever gets out in the Muslim world. Oh, God. Yeah, so that summer vacation to Saudi Arabia, Rich. Oh, darn. I was so looking forward to it, too. Ugh, what will I ever do? But, yeah, it's it's awfully scary that this is, I don't know. And his Trump's response of, you know, well, we don't really have any proof, and they're innocent till proven guilty. Like, I, dude, look, I'm all for due process, but come on, dude. It's not like it's not like th- these are a group of people that this is like you're not accusing the people who make Sesame Street of this crime. You know what I'm saying? Like if someone said that the Aryan Brotherhood accused the Aryan Brotherhood of setting people on fire in prison, I wouldn't be like, "Well, you know, that's kind of not their thing." No, that definitely is their fucking thing. So why, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Let's be honest here. And it's just to me it's scary. Because I really do truly believe that if Trump had his way, there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of fucking dead reporters around here. I I think he thinks like that. He's like, it's too bad I live in a country where I just can't do that. And I'm not saying he's the only politician. That's why I said I'd like to line up all our politicians and get them to answer that question. Right. That, and that way, the guy behind him with the gun, I can give him the nod, and they can blow their head off. And I'll be like, "What's your answer?" You know. Yeah, and really, Bill be like, what well, about is, nine to nine? I'd, I'd had a, I'd give you a list, right? <laughs> well, if you believe that, you know, this type of uh, corruption and just blatant murder of journalists is a, is a reason for not having a relationship with Saudi Arabia, then I mean, I can agree with that. But what is the solution to, I don't know, overhaul our infrastructure on transportation and stop being dependent on oil? Yeah, that sounds reasonable (laughs) and plausible. Uh, My solution, asteroid 2020. I would like to hear a president go, okay, yeah, you know what? I think this did happen, and it's a real shame and I'm going to say something, but at the end of the day, if you want me to do something about this, uh, I don't know, start by buying a hybrid car. Yeah. <laughs> start by buying an electric yeah. car, go, demanding. Go, go get a bike. <laughs> <laughs> start walking, everybody, because I'm taking a stand. Well, I that's, that's part of the problem, isn't it? We're so intertwined. It's like a, it's like a, it's like when you go to get a dig a cable out of a box and they're all like knotted up. At some point, it's just like it's just easier to go buy a new cable. Jesus God, I'm not going to sit here for three hours trying to untangle this mess. And that's just that's how it seems <clears throat> when we deal with these countries. It appears to me that's more often than not that's the, the situation we're in. And you add money into the equation, and it just makes it even that much worse because well. People don't like to give up money, so 
I mean, I guess this is what the new normal now. No, I don't see anything new about this. This is the same normal that we've been living for decades. No, I'm talking about like you know, if you if you criticize the Saudi government or the Saudi uh, uh, prince, don't go over there because we're not gonna we're just gonna be like, yeah, that's a damn shame. But you knew better. You shouldn't have wore that dress. Yeah. You shouldn't have been drinking no. in that crowd. <laughs> well, I, Tell me, it doesn't kind of seem that like that's that's his attitude about this whole thing. Which is it? Yeah, the, the message is kind of being sent. Like, well, you didn't talk shit about him. Yeah, you you mess you, you mess with the bull, you get the horns or, or bone saw as it is. Oh God, that. Well, no, cool. I mean, there's there's a there almost has to be an acceptance of like, well, this shit's gonna happen, right? Because again, what is the alternative? There you go. That's a thought for the day, kitties. this is the shit we have to put up with because well what's the alternative sleep tight oh god well okay now i'm assuming maybe i'm wrong here maybe maybe aaron you can you can tell me a little bit more but this was a reporter uh who basically was like freelance like or or he didn't like he wasn't based out of washington for the washington post you get what i'm saying um, you know, I don't know. I, I was kind of my understanding that he had written for, I mean, as probably all journalists do, especially now these days, he's written for a number of different organizations. And one of them is the Washington or was the Washington Post. Okay. Because I'm just wondering if there's any legal ramifications that can happen because he worked for the press here in the United States. And if it is proven that he, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was killed because of something he he wrote, wouldn't that be in violation of constitutional law? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Saudi Arabia gives a fuck. Well, <laughs> right. like that's I, the, that's I, the big I, question. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just no, I don't think it's completely out of the question that something like that could happen. I mean, it might be an actual way for them to uh without admitting guilt to offer some sort of consolation i guess i mean it i don't think it's unheard of that that shit like this would happen well but that i think that would be the extent of it yeah you know a few million dollars exchanges hands and everybody moves on with their lives trying well, to, to get me that oil oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, to me, this just really drives home the fact that every once in a while we'll say something on this podcast, like, you know, yeah, for all the bitching we do about America, we can still do this podcast and not have to worry about our front door getting kicked in by some death squad. Right, right. That's not an exaggeration. Well, this this is your proof. Yeah. It does happen in other parts of the world. It's not a remote fucking experience that, that doesn't happen all anymore. All three of us could go take a tour of the White House tomorrow and come out. The other side of it. You'd probably go to the gift shop, buy something stupid. Hell, you could uh, take a drop trial in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) You'd get tackled, but you wouldn't get killed. You wouldn't be chopped up. Yeah, I I mean, you could see what central booking's like in D.C. I was going to say, I think you'd fall down a few times on the way to be booked. (laughs) Like, oh, he just kept running into door jams. We don't know why. It's crazy. I mean, our relationship with Saudi Arabia is. We're so dependent on them. Like, okay, imagine uh, you know some sort of zombie apocalypse happens, right? And 
you have a neighbor that is the local source of fresh drinkable water. He has a well on his property, right? And he's willing to barter for relatively reasonable terms. He is your only source for that water. Maybe not your only source, but you would really have to bust your hump to try and find enough water to keep you and your family alive. Then you find out that that neighbor who's selling you the water beats the hell out of his wife and beat his dog so bad his dog's dead. So this neighbor but, plays for the NFL. But, yes. <laughs> like, what do you do? Sure, take a stance, say that's not right. Maybe. People shouldn't do it. What, what are you really going to do, though? Like, I'm going to refuse to buy water from him? I mean, sure, maybe it's a good idea to have a plan to... You know, if another source of water pops up, I'm definitely going to go with that one. I'd rather not buy off the guy who beats his wife. But until then, you're going to continue to buy water off the guy who beats his wife. <laughs> I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I'm thinking, I'm more upset that he beats the dog. The wife might actually deserve it. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, maybe the dog's an asshole, too. It's a real Told asshole dog. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, no, I, I see your point. I see your point. And it, it, this, is, this is proof right here of how much power Saudi Arabia has when it comes to how we view them, that we just don't go over there and go, thanks for the oil. And they're like, no, 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 my friend, you do not take oil. Uh, yes, the fuck we do. No, instead, we, I, Saudi Arabia is like the world's Debo. Yeah. Like, like what, what you, you got do? my oil, homie? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what are you going to do? I got all the oil, the rest of the world. What's she going to do? I'm just be. They could just be an asshole and nobody can call them on their shit because the rest of the world kind of needs them. Exactly. So, so they, yeah, that's, come on, scientists, let's go. Oil-free cars. 70% of the planet's water. How do we, yeah, we're, how we, how we have nothing that runs on water it still amazes me. Well, didn't Ed Bagley make a claim that there was a car that could run on water and Detroit killed it? <laughs> Ironically, they drowned that guy. <laughs> so let's get Ed Begley on the case here. I could tell no, that's that true. I mean, there's uh, what do they call it? Hydrogen cell technology or something like that. I mean, they actually made a car that ran on it not that long ago. It's just the process for making it takes so much energy that it's not actually conserving anything. It's I don't know. You could get you can get the cars off of oil, but you're still not going to get them off of coal. Coal, it's the future, right? Isn't that what Trump said during the election? Well, hey, as long as the Zoolander family's working to mine, I'm good. Hundred year old form of energy is a wave of the future. Sure, good times. Because <laughs> coal miners live long, healthy lives. Well, just don't the, they? the end of this whole conversation about this is eh, we're fucked, right? Like, Saudi Arabia takes this guy out, and we just kind of go, eh, what are you going to do? we got to have cars. Like, hey, guys, next time, could you be a little bit more subtle with it? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think it's a reasonable response to say, what are you going to do about it? But the only response is really not anything. <laughs> he takes them out to the parking lot, looks at them, looks at all the cars, looks at them, looks at all the cars. <laughs> Just, you know, How'd you all get here tonight? What are you going to do about it? What should I do about it? We all walking home? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's 
it's not like it's all on the consumers either. No, it, it's if, uh, again, it, like most things we talk about in this program, is it multi <laughs> multi facets, mul- multiple solutions? Yeah, like it would have to start with the industry, not just the consumers. The consumers are just buying what's out there. We have to right. overhaul our entire way we get around. Plus, most people aren't even buying cars brand new. They're buying them secondhand. They're not getting the latest technology. You can't just convert everything instantly. You know, there's a car vending it, machine uh, now? There's a car vending machine. Yeah. Does it have a claw that comes down? You pick the one you want, and then it just drops it in the... No, it's, it's a, a company called Carvana. Like, you pick out your car on the internet, and fucking apparently... They got them across the country. Hey, your car's here. You go do whatever you got to do to prove that you're you. And hey, here's your car. Have a good one. It's a totally millennial car buying experience. <laughs> huh. Hey, I'm intrigued. Yeah, not bad. But yeah, sorry, I derailed the discussion. I don't know where we're going next anyway. Uh, do you want to talk about the Proud Boys? I didn't know who they were till tonight. You never heard of the Proud Boys? No. Or Gavin McInnes? See, the Proud Boys, were they? Is this like a gay rights organization? (laughs) Some might say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the Proud Boys were in the news recently because they were invited, Gavin McInnes was invited to speak at uh, some sort of GOP convention in, was it New York? I believe it was. So he showed up he, with his uh, his posse of uh, of Proud Boys, and Antifa protesters showed up to protest them, and some scuffles broke out, which was interesting because there was uh, footage up on Twitter almost immediately that showed. I mean, there's a dude with a sword. Right. You can't see his face, but Gavin McInnes is pretty infamous for waving around a sword. Some people claim that it's plastic. Others claim it's real. I have no idea. But, you know, this video, that the, the footage that went out on, like, uh, everywhere, but Fox News reported it as Antifa has gone crazy again. I mean, yeah, Antifa started some shit there. Proud Boy started some shit. But the specific video footage that they were showing were a, like practically a dozen of these Proud Boys all ganging up on one guy that was on the ground and kicking him. Well, the important thing to remember that when the Proud Boys and Antifa rumble, no one with an IQ above room temperature was hurt. That's the important thing to remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very true. The, but no. And, and just... For people who, who may not know, uh, I've mentioned Gavin McInnes a few times on this show. He's along the lines of the provocateur, as Chris so aptly called it, um, when we were talking during the pre-show meeting, of someone like a Milo Yiannopoulos. He says inflammatory things for the sake of saying inflammatory things. Uh, he it was a co-founder of Vice who left and... He made a hard right, literally, and the rest of Vice made a hard left, so you can see why they probably separated. Um, and to me, it's he's just a, he's a, a troll. Like I'm not, I'm not commenting on his looks. I mean, like, in the internet sense of the word. 
he's just a troll. He's there just to get a rise out of people. Mm-hmm. And he's in this group of the group Proud Boys was supposed to be a group of uh, men who uh, are like resisting all this, you know, gender fluidity and all this stuff, and 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 are, are proud of of American culture and Western, excuse me, Western culture, and <clears throat> that they call themselves either cultural chauvinist or cultural misogynist or something like that. Like it's, it's kind of a, you know, we're going to beat you to the punch and call you, call us our, call ourselves what you're going to call us anyways. And they, they tend to view things in like, they, Gavin McInnes is famous for saying, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike anyone based on their race or their ethnicity or whatever. I dislike people based on what culture they choose to follow because some cultures are better than others. Which, let's be honest, that I I don't see a problem with saying that. The problem is when you think your culture, the, the culture that's the best, just so happens everyone looks exactly like you and thinks exactly like you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. No, I, I know. He, he said all kinds of shit. And some of it, it, he softened his image. You know, he said some outright racist shit in the past. But uh, it's pretty transparent what his message is. I mean, I'm, I mainly know him from talking, or not talking, uh, from him doing uh, Joe Rogan's show one time. And, you know, yeah. Joe Rogan does like, you know, three hour interviews. And over that period of time, at least to me, it came off, he came off as like, wow, there's really not a whole lot of substance there. Once you get past, let me say some shocking shit. Yeah. I know, I agree. It's just interesting that he's actually being embraced. I mean, there's stories of Republican candidates that are running in this upcoming election that are using Proud Boys for security at their events. Yeah, because Altamont went so well when the Hells Angels were working security. Right. Jesus fucking Christ. Have we learned nothing? No, no kill a black guy at all. Yeah. I've also heard them referred to as uh, the alt right fight club, and I, okay, I, they need to calm the fuck down. Okay, no, listen, they're not. <laughs> listen, this is their. They have an initiation, uh, four degree uh, process, according to Wikipedia. That first of all, that they must declare. I am a Western chauvinist who refuses to apologize for creating the modern world. Second degree involves five or more Proud Boys punching the recruit until he names five breakfast cereals. <laughs> Man, See, they, get, is- they get like two hits on my ass, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be rattling that shit off right quick. And yes, uh, isn't tattoo. It's, uh, something to do with a tattoo, like one of the them. The third degree, yes. Uh, earn the third degree, the crew must get a proud boy tattoo. And the fourth degree uh, says, the fourth degree is reserved for those who have, quote, endured a major conflict related to the cause, uh, namely getting into a physical altercation with Antifa. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Motherfuckers watch too many movies. This is all there is to it. Seriously, they, get a hobby. Okay, learn to play. Learn to play an instrument. Pick up a book. Something. 
the fuck out of here. And not that to is hit gayer, somebody with. That is gayer than a fraternity. And fraternities are pretty gay. Seriously. I mean, so that is dumb. <laughs> gay! Oh, Jesus. They also discourage masturbating and watching pornography. I'm out. So to, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so as to, yeah. I jerked hey, it yesterday. We're done here. See, I've, I've, done it, I've done it twice since we started the podcast. <laughs> I jerked it yesterday to own the Proud Boys. <laughs> you, did a, you did a hate jerk. <laughs> That's just to it. As to motivate them to get off the couch and meet women. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like these guys need to go out and procreate. Well, that's, that's why they're all angry. They're not beating off. Like a pussy, make a man stupid. Yeah. yeah. Well, even like uh. a pussy. It's just if you beat off, it takes the edge off. Come on, Proud Boys. <laughs> get some lotion. Jesus, God. It's fucking... <sighs> I okay. I knew about the, like the, the what do you call it? The tattoo thing. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a requirement of some sort. But you know, uh, I, I, in order to be, if you want to be a fourth degree initiate, <laughs> what, I mean, you I don't a, know do you what? get a badge? Do you get a stripe on I your mean, shirt? Do they send you a hat? Like, what do you? What happens when you're fourth degree? You get to be in the inner circle, I think, that you're the one of the guys that travels around now with Gavin McGinnis. You hang out yeah, with Gavin they, McGinnis every weekend. But, but being in the inner circle requires you have to hang out with these yeah. people. Well, That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of agree with your assessment on him in general, although I think that... I think he's potentially more dangerous than that. And I don't mean he personally or the, the Proud Boys, but the message that he's, that he's spreading is not just a message of hate and divisiveness. I mean, he is calling for violence. He is actively encouraging people to pick up weapons in well, defense if, of what they believe and the beliefs that he's talking about are white Western culture. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then, yeah, I well, actually, he's Canadian. Now that I think about it, so I know Canada. They don't really play with their hate their hate speech laws. Like they are not as uh, liberal when it comes to what you oh, yeah. can and can't say. So he better be fucking careful. His ass could end up in prison in Canada because that shit is no joke over there. They take that very seriously. So. I mean, if that's what he's doing, I guess he's playing with fire. I, personally, I've never heard him say anything like that. But it wouldn't. But here's the deal: it wouldn't surprise me if he did. I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Well, here's he, the thing: you have to, if you see any, uh, you know, interviews with, like, like I said, he's done Joe Rogan. He's been on Fox News. Uh, he he gets out there, and he has his. That's how where he presents his softer side, where he rounds off the edges on the on the racism and violence. But watch some clips of his own show, the Gavin McInnes show, mm. and that's where he's actually calling for violence. Yeah, but once again, it requires having to watch Gavin McInnes. I know. <laughs> no, right? No, I'm You're not recommending a lot, you do. Man. <laughs> Dude, I am lost in the greatest 
Reddit page right now talking about a street fight between the the Proud Boys and Antifa and making it into like a pay per view event. (laughs) (laughs) Like like Monster would sponsor it. You know, rules like no shivs, shanks, guns, bike locks, rope barriers, bricks, paperweight, knuckle dusters, and whatnot. Shields, helmets, mouth guards, batons, water bottles, MMA-style gloves. Items that could be harmful but not outright deadly are allowed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's send you guys this. So they they want to actually, like, stage this? Yeah. They're like, yeah, like, put it on pay-per-view. Right. Melee tactics. I would totally watch that. Yeah. I would watch that over over legit MMA because... What do they see? The Proud Boys got the the size advantage, but Antifa has weapons. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like yeah, these guys are trying to break it down. It's like it's a subreddit about street fights. No, I get you, but I I, I dis- disagree with their. I, I don't. I, well, what are we talking? First of all, because they're saying because they're saying the proud boys are frat boys, so they saying they got them in size. No, they don't. There, uh, uh, define size because I've seen some right. awful fat fucking Antifa members. No, I think uh, <laughs> in numbers. <laughs> Oh, Number, oh, numbers of people, not not literal size. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. No, uh, no, I, no. They meant no. They meant what Rich was talking about stature. I don't know about that because I just saw that that video of those Antifa fucks in downtown Portland that were forcing. No, this is the like, frat boys in traffic. The proud boys are the frat boys, and the Antifa. They're skinnier and wirier, but they got the weapons. Well, what I'm saying is, and I the proud boys are fucking angry nerds. I mean, I know it's their behavior sounds fratish, but I think if they had a frat to belong to, they would have never ended up in this situation. You can start using Roman-style formations to battle it out. Well, you know, here's a very interesting thing: is that as much as we're sitting here and rightfully so ripping on these fucking morons, these poster children for retroactive abortion, for for being part a part of this group, I do find it interesting that anytime any group of men get together. And try to just enjoy each other's company in a buddy buddy way. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then if they don't, then here come all these blue haired, screeching magpie cunt feminists to fucking yell in their face. You need to have some shared experience with your and all this bullshit. All right. So you can't win. You can't win. You cannot win because you either end up in the fucking woods half naked with other men pounding on bongos and yelling out your pain because mommy fucking didn't love you enough or you end up in the proud boys or you end up fucking becoming a politician. Either way, you're fucking useless. All three are useless. Oh, so I, I'm, Those I, are my options. Or, wow. you can, or you can isolate from society and resign from the species. I think that hey, one. Yeah, it's it. Not bad work if you could find it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I like every, every there is nothing any like any group of guys that get together can do that someone can't fu- come and fucking shit on and you know the very people who oh you can't say something's gay. You can't call someone a faggot. That's not right. But the first, what's the first thing they do when they start attacking a guy? They fucking, they immediately have to emasculate him. Well, that's kind of gay, you guys getting together and, and, you know, punching each other, talking about breakfast cereal and getting matching tattoos, isn't it? Just ain't something a little homoerotic about that? 
Oh, but wait a minute. Weren't you just a fucking gatekeeper of everything that we are and are not allowed to say about homosexuals five minutes ago? But when you want to say it, it's fine. Okay. Got it. Bullshit. It's, it's, I mean, these guys are fucking idiots. I'm not, I'm not claiming anything but that. But I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. You can't even have the Boy Scouts anymore. Now it's the Scouts. You know, and it's like, all right. So, so what do you do? What do you do? I mean, I, I, I get the frustration of being a young guy and being like, I just want to hang out with fucking guys and drink beer and talk about dumb shit. And I have to worry about offending the, the oh so delicate sensibilities of this wilting flower that fucking, that we call the other gender. You know, oh my God. And why is that bad? Because it's not bad when women just want to hang out with women and do their shit. So I kind of understand like why these guys feel the need to join something. It's just, do you have to pick the lowest common denominator? Do you have to look for the worst organizations to join? Like, how about one that does something, I don't know, it does good versus tear peep other people down? Then again, what the fuck do I know? No, I hear you. But yeah, uh, from everything I've heard, these guys clown fucking shoes. All right, give me a what fucking break with this fucking group. There is no message there, right? And there's, there's no ideas, no solutions. What, what do you see as the future of this country? I mean, they get together Proud with QAnon boys. and have them beat, and QAnon can beat them off since they can't masturbate. <laughs> they can Dutch rudder each other. <laughs> it's not gay unless you make eye contact. I, yeah, it's just more knee jerk reaction reactionary bullshit is what it comes off to me. It comes off as silly shit. And to be honest with you, I, I haven't heard the worst of Gavin McGinnis's rants, obviously, but I think he's enough of a, of a, uh, what do you call it? He, he likes money enough to, he sees this as a way to cash in on a group of people who feel like they're voiceless. And it, and it, and it's, that's exactly what this is. At least in my mind, that's how it comes off. Well, if you want to find some of uh, Gavin McGinnis's material, his actual media, his it's material, con- <laughs> he's a it's, comedian. <laughs> it's, con- it's conveniently hosted on Richard Spencer's website. So there you go. Really? But it, but he's so not. He's just but he's not a white supremacist. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this- no. He- he had his own network, but I, th- I think it had he does do now. Richard, but it had nothing to do with Richard Spencer because I remember him talking about it on with Joe Rogan. Yeah, but when he started, it was uh, it was through Richard Spencer's website. Well, they explain a lot. They got the same haircut. Yeah, that 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 Macklemore slash Charlottesville haircut. Well, that's good to know. So another idiot making us look bad. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Could, could you sit down and shut up now? Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, God. I'm almost starting to agree with that article I sent you guys. You know, thanks, Taylor Swift, but we need less white people voting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get past, I, I couldn't get past the headline in that article. It's like, well, I know, I know what this says. I don't want to raise my blood pressure today. It's you know what it is. It's nothing different than you would read from a white supremacist website, saying we need less. We need less of those those mud people voting. That's really about it. It's just insults and and snarky remarks about 
anybody who's not a person of color, and that's what passes for journalism these days. In those, in those, in in, in with that fringes. group of people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, right. Well, guess what? You can't get anyone into a into power with a minority, right? Yeah, it's kind of you need the name. You need some of the rest of the country to go along with your plan. Well, I to me, it's just like the scary part is the root is which is the site that hosted that article, and the article we're talking about is uh, a gentleman wrote an article that. Uh, uh, oh shit! Let me find it real quick. The roots like Questlove. No, actually, <laughs> that's what I thought when I first heard it. I was like, what? What the roots has it? They're all. It's uh the root. It's all part of AV Club, Deadspin, Jezebel. Does Jimmy Fallon Taco. know about this? Um, and it's the root is uh basically uh what do you call it uh, uh very uh black American centric I guess that's it's pr- pretty much the all the writers and, and everybody that works there that's what they write about they write about issues that concern their community. And this article is titled, What Taylor Swift Did is Cool, I Guess, But We Need Fewer White People to Vote, Not More. And then he goes on to explain his... Please tell me how his, this will work out view. for you. But the, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that this is considered main, a mainstream media, part of the mainstream media, because this is all owned by the same people that own The Onion, Deadspin, AV Club, and... You mean the company that formerly owned Gawker? I guess. Uh, and to 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 make it even a little bit more interesting, this is the website that Jamel Hill went to go work for when ESPN reassigned her. Ah, uh. she was reassigned to this website while still an employee of, uh, technically, under the Disney umbrella, which means somehow Disney is involved in this somewhere if you go up the corporate ladder because, I mean, uh, well, there's what, four or five companies that really, when you get down to it, own everything. So I'm not shocked about that. But I just think it's very interesting that something like this would be posted and ignored by other media outlets because we know that if it, if it said the reverse, this is what we'd have led the podcast off with because all hell would break loose. Because this isn't, this isn't Breitbart. This is the equivalent of like, I'm not going to say, not Fox News, but it's, it's I don't know, Drudge Report back in the day maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if there was something that said we need less black people voting and the person was using derogatory and, you know, off-color comments about black people in the article, like this uh, Damon Young guy does in this article, we know what would happen. And it's it's just, it's I'm like, more hypocrisy, more bullshit. Yep, you can do whatever you want as long as you, as you whip that victim card out first. That just gives you carte blanche to say whatever the fuck you want because you know what? Black people can't be racist. Why? Because they say so. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Is that how things work now? I have a 12-inch dick. Why? Because I say so. Doesn't make it so, but... I. I I'm just I'm at a loss. I'm just at a loss. I'm like, wow, no one has picked up on this this article. No one, not one person, really. Okay. Well, I know we want to speak about uh, Mike Clark, right? Mike W. Clark. Um, yeah. Well, Chris posted something on uh, I saw on social media. I believe it was today. That was pretty spot on. So, so why don't you 
paraphrase what you posted there, if you remember. Pretty much have one of the reasons I'm sitting here, maybe one of the reasons you guys are sitting here, I can't speak for you, but I know you guys are fans of the man. Probably one of the whole reasons this whole show, network, is even going on. He was pretty influential. I mean, he was on a 22 years, he was on the radio in Detroit, which is where we all grew up. I mean, we all grew up listening to the Drew and Mike show in the mornings. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's a pretty big deal around here. To give people not from Detroit an idea of how big the Drew and Mike show was, they started to syndicate uh, Howard Stern out here. And this was at the height of Drew and Mike's popularity. He never beat Drew and Mike in the ratings here. No. Like, they just dominated him. And <clears throat> that's saying quite a bit. Because wherever Howard Stern goes, usually it's... it's Number one. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I... I can say that the Drew and Mike show is the reason I wanted to get in the radio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, over the years, I've, you know, when I was younger, Mike was more of the scatological humor guy. And, you know, when you're young, you know, fart jokes are just hilarious. I mean, fart jokes are always hilarious, but they're a lot more funny when you're younger, it seems like, than when you get older. Well, that's, you know, I was thinking about that. That you know what that that show why that show is so popular it's it's in ego right yeah I guess that's one way to look at it it it's it's really it's 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 the two parts of the human personality and that's why at least around here I mean it probably went so well yeah because Drew is the one who did a lot more reading et cetera et cetera Mike was like the <laughs> Mike was the one to tell stories about drinking till four in the morning deciding to barbecue for some fucking steaks. And passing out in a salad, not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> yeah. I listened to that before the show. <laughs> and, I, you know, I forgot that Drew was like, I have to ask this because it's a very important question. Did you finish the salad? He's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, of course, man. <laughs> Just cause it's your face. <laughs> it's not like you. It's not like you woke up and there's a dead rat in your salad. It's just your face. You know, go ahead and finish that bad boy. <laughs> so him describing like coming to with his face in the salad, and he's like, "Am I in a forest? Am I in a swamp? Yeah, am I? Yeah, right. We're thinking like, am I dead? Am I? Yeah." Trying to figure out where all this foliage is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, well, I mean, his, his, his famous uh, catch, catchphrase there for a lot of years that I, I think he grew tired of about halfway through their run because anytime someone come out and go, he used to go, bitch, like, you know, yell at like some, some buddy, you know, that's yeah, yeah. on the phone with that's, be, that's being a, a cunt and he would fucking call him a bitch like that. And then people start calling him like, hey, Mike, can I get a bitch out to uh, everybody at the Ford plant down? And he's like, oh, these bitches are getting out of control. And then, you know, he, he it's almost like, oh, do I have to? Okay, all right, all right. Not too many more Man, bitches, though. Well, they used to put it on bumper stickers. There are bumper stickers that just say bitch with, like, four eyes in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the true bitch came with the wind-up, right? It yeah. was kind of a whole preamble to it where he would. Hey, 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 hey. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> the one that the one that I was bummed that didn't take off bigger was when he was like <laughs> they were talking about that house of skank. And he's like it's just covered with feces. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the way, like 
for yeah. four for four years, anytime someone said feces, they had to say it that feces. way. Yeah. Feces. Feces. <laughs> they <laughs> pronounce feces. Or, or many, there's some other words that he would do that with, too. Uh, oh, what was it? Oh, there was a bunch of Mike-isms. We use them all the time, and I don't even realize it until I listen back to the show sometimes. Like, living under a mushroom. That's a Mikeism. Well, I must have been living under a mushroom. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, Christ. I was rippling muscles. He's <laughs> talking about watching the Kung Fu movie. Yes. <laughs> put it this way. In the Detroit area, all right, but Ron Jeremy found Dennis Hoff dead this week, and in the Detroit area, we don't care. Right. That is, is, that is the magnitude of this death. There's a Paul, bigger pervert that was Paul, more important to us. <laughs> yes. Paul Allen is dead, and he died. he's in that death triangle, so that makes you kind of wonder about what his sex toy dungeon looks <laughs> yeah, like. I know, right? <laughs> but, and we're just like, eh. But Mike's dead, man. The thing is, it's it's kind of shocking. He was 63. And, I mean, his story is really cool. He was he was just a, a, a ne'er-do-well type guy, bounced around from job to job. Drew and Zip were the original duo that came into Detroit, into Detroit, and Mike would call in and do characters. Then eventually they'd have him in studio, and he'd do these characters. And then apparently Zip left for whatever reason, and at 37 years old, with no prior radio experience besides calling in and doing voice characters, boom, he was on a morning show in Detroit. And for 23 years, almost all of, the, all of which he was, the number, he was on a number one rated morning show, he dominated him. Him and Drew dominated the airwaves here in Detroit. I mean, that's like any. Ask anybody who wants to get in a radio. That's like that just never happens. That's like the guy who tried out for Judas Priest, getting to be in the band. That's that's like the guy who walked on for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And what <laughs> like, was what was the character that he kept while he was on the show? Like he would Mr. Stress. Quote unquote, Mr. Stress. Yeah, he would quote unquote call in. <laughs> but they would they would always maintain that like <laughs> like they would talk like Mike would talk about stress like people were talking about we got to get stress in the studio <laughs> yeah yeah oh, oh yeah stress stress was uh yeah stress was when he was out on the back porch at the Rift Studios getting a cigarette he would right. call in that's, he, that's the hell of traffic well, that's the time he was in their office doing it when I interned for. Trudy for like six months. Yeah, just be yeah, in the, the other room, just yelling into the phone. From from what I understand, though, that was that was well, that was also before the legal, like it was illegal to smoke in, indoors. But from what I understand, the oh, when I was I, there, they were still smoking in the studio. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was the last one that that rule went out the window for. Like it was like finally, it's like okay, look, dude, you got to go outside. Sorry. You know, yeah. like, no, but you're right. In the later days, that's how he would do it. He would go outside, smoke, and do the, the stress call in. <laughs> I had a, a coworker said that he had his, uh, a letter that he wrote to Drew and Mike re- that was read on air about it. I, I don't know if he, he didn't seem like he wanted to go into the whole story at the time, but apparently he was in a bathroom stall and somebody was trying to get in. <laughs> 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 Tapping their foot with a wide stance. That's what I asked. I was like, was, "You got a wide stance? This shit'll happen." <laughs> but it also reminded me of, of course, one of the, the most infamous uh, 
Mike Clark bits was the the back scar for the yeah, the back surgery, right? Or was it Drew that had the back surgery and it was Mike's idea? Drew, Drew had, had back the back surgery. surgery. Drew, yeah. That's right. Drew had the back surgery and somehow Mike Clark came up with the idea that like if he was gay and wanted to get some action, that that's how he could... He would. He's like, when you're in the bathroom, just lift up your shirt, show him your your scar on your back, and then start backing into him slowly. <laughs> like you said, or backing your ass towards the guy, like a cat in heat, <laughs> right? <laughs> just back up into just... the boner. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He had so many stories, like the story when he was in high school and the two guys were nude, the nude and fight. Fighting. Yeah. And a guy popped a boner, and Drew was like, a guy popped a boner in the middle of a fight? And he goes, yeah. He goes, what happened? That fight stopped immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh, what was the, the garage door? He was running late for the show one morning, and he thought the garage door was open, and he just backed his Jeep through his closed garage door. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that is, yeah, that sounds about right. That absolutely sounds about right. And what's funny is, is that, you know, going back, because there's a, there's a couple websites that have, like, you know, the shits. They, they have some stuff from, like, 92 from Drew and Mike. Um, but, you know, they're run here in Detroit. They have the files, and you can download them. And listening to some of the stories and stuff, and just... Forgetting how much, like anytime, first of all, he was a pilot also. So anytime flying came up, you could forget about it. For the next half hour, you were listening whether you wanted to or not about flying. Right. And they got to the point where they just started ripping them to where they made a a, a cut of Tommy Lee's I, I Want to Fly. And they interjected <laughs> yeah. Plane Man in there with drops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so they took the piss out of him quite a bit about shit. He was a, he was a good sport about it, though. But, um, yeah, just the stories he told and, and, and the little, like, Mike-isms that would end up in, in everyday speech. Like, we still, you know, the, ooh, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a Drew and Mike thing. Anytime, <laughs> yeah. anytime someone tries to Mr. Big stuff it, you, you go, ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. It sucks, and he was only 63. I mean, that's, I, I say only 63. I guess when you're 18, that seems like, you know, that's, that's pretty old to go, but at 41, it's like, that's not that old. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, Jesus. You know, that's, that's a couple decades away. Shit, those go quick. But, yeah, it's, it sucks. And, I mean, I, I honestly, yeah, that's why I, I went to Specs. That's how I met Chris. Me and Chris met in Specs to broadcast school here in Michigan. And uh, I, that might have been one of the first things we started talking about. Yeah. To and be honest with you. And it's just another thing that reminds me of your fucking mortality. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's just another, that too. It's another dead piece of my youth. Yeah. that's. It seems like in the last five years, people that I grew up, you know, listening to, watching play sports, you know, listen to announced sports, listen to on the radio, are dying at a pretty good clip. Yeah, you know, I, let's put it this way. Five years ago, I wouldn't think that, that Mike 
and Prince and David Bowie and Tom Petty, yeah, you know, would all be dead. I'd, I'd, if you just bet me, I'd have been like, oh, I'll take that bet, and I'll bet the house on it, and I'd be poor because <laughs> they're all gone, man. Yeah, sucks. But I know that, that that I I think I brought up one time before that you know Drew and Mike's pretty much the reason f- for Chris and I doing this, and I had asked you, Aaron, and you said that uh, it was uh, what Terry Gross was like a, a big inspiration for you to 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 start the podcast. Oh, I did. Did you? Or, I don't know that. <laughs> I, th- I swore you said Terry Gross talking about the the the. the yeah, I swore it was someone from NPR. Is what I'm getting at. I am sure I said something that sounded like that. I mean, I think that Terry Gross is the best interviewer that I've ever heard. But I don't. I don't know that I had any specific like thing in mind at all. Actually. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. <laughs> My bad. I was just trying to just trying to, to feel out your your influences here. So I don't know. I mean, because honestly, if you grew up in the Detroit area, even if and I'm kind of shocked the amount of people that have come out of the woodwork and my friends list that are like, man, fuck Drew and Mike. Glad he's dead. And I'm like, really? Like he is a morning DJ. You're glad he's dead. You harbor that much resentment towards the man. Yeah, Jesus what, Christ. Are they, are, they, are they younger? Uh, no, no, surprisingly not. No, these, this is, uh, the one dude who said he's glad they're dead is probably older than me. And the other guy that was like, there were assholes. I never liked them. I never cared for them. Is younger than me, maybe my age. So, well, look, if you're doing a morning drive in the nineties and the two thousands, isn't being an asshole kind of come with the territory. I mean, you know, you're doing prank calls. All that shit. You know, Howard Stern made a fucking career out of it. I say it's all trying to emulate Stern, isn't it? Pretty much. And if you listen to, because you know, Drew has his own podcast. He talks about Howard Stern quite a bit on his podcast, and he listens to him on Sirius Radio still to this day. So I mean, that that just goes to show how much influence Howard Stern's had on people who've went on to become. I mean, not as successful because he doesn't have Howard Stern money, but. As long as Drew stays within the 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 lower peninsula, he's going to be fine. As far as you know, fame and 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 all that shit. You know, goes. I have I have never been a fan of Howard Stern. Like yeah, I, I mean, like he's I, he's good at the craft of radio, but as far as his show, when he was on in Detroit, I remember like, oh, here it is, the Howard Stern show. Here we go, finally. Oh, here we, it's on in Detroit. I remember listening to it and going. Eh. <laughs> like like this is it like and, and, and even listen to the clip they're playing today on drew and mike podcast uh because you know the, uh stern went on a little 10 minute rant about detroit and such it, it's like yeah i, I just uh, i don't understand what the big deal is about howard stern i mean he, i i understand why he's important he was the first he, he was the first guy to make being on the radio not talking like this. You know what I'm saying? You know, where you, you dropped the, the, the pretense and you actually talked real. I get why he's important. But as far as his actual show, not a fan. I, I got to say, when I, lived in, uh, when I lived in New York, yeah, it was upstate New York. But still, I mean, you couldn't go. I don't think you can go anywhere in that state. Well, now. But when he was on terrestrial radio, you couldn't go anywhere in that state and not find a station carrying him. 
And I was like, oh, shit, it's on now. Because, I mean, this was after I'd seen private parts and everything. So, you know, and, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then, yeah, kind of like f- feeling a little bit underwhelmed. Like, that's Now, that's it, it. Got, it got listenable when Artie Lang joined him. Well, that's because of Artie, though. Yeah, but when Jackie was on, I think it was that great. But Yeah, never a, big, never a huge fan of Jackie. And to be honest with you, not really, even when I, when I, when I, bought my car I, you know they gave me a year of Sirius for free and I was like eh. still not like I'd put it on if there was nothing else to listen to but it's not something it wasn't like a, a, a appointment listening like I, oh I had to listen to it I couldn't miss it and I think he's got like three or four channels on Sirius so it's just constantly being run over and over and over so you can't miss it you know I I didn't listen to Drew and Mike for the longest time. I never listened to Howard Stern. I've never been into, especially the morning DJ type of thing. I don't know that I've ever heard any other morning DJ team that I would listen to, period. I became an avid listener of the Drew and Mike show. That's how I started out just about every morning for the longest time. Uh because I found Mike funny, like yeah, that was that was the only thing that kept me going back. Yeah, like I said, for, they they were around for years, and I never listened. And it took having a, a friend who was a, a listener who said, "Oh no, you should actually check these guys out." But yeah, the whole morning DJ thing, shock jock thing. As a thing, has does nothing for me. I guess. I see. Drew and Mike were unique in that I've I've lived you know in quite a different parts, quite a few different parts of the country, and it's usually in my experience the the forced fake laugh. Yeah, is is a lot of what you get. You know, <laughs> penis. <laughs> you know, that's what you get for four hours. Whereas with Drew and Mike, I think they. Chris, you nailed it. Mike was more, you know, id, and Drew was more ego. You know, Drew is obviously a highly intelligent guy, and his type of wit, it, it, it's an acquired taste for some people, whereas Mike went for the easy yeah, joke. Yeah, and Mike showed up with boob and fart jokes. Yeah, you know, literally butt Mike. <laughs> Which is, you know, if you're, if you're a guy, you know, you have that part of your brain. You think that shit is funny. Quite a few women thought the shit was funny too. I mean, they had oh, yeah. good numbers across the board. So, but yeah, for the most part, the whole morning show, like you know, hey, welcome to Wacky Jim's Morning yeah. Zoo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's what it wasn't, and it's, and I think too a lot of probably the three of us. If you think about it, I mean, quite honestly, when I was in high school, I didn't listen to him when I was in high school. In high school, in the morning, I wanted to listen to music. It's more when you yeah. actually start having you start having a job and a commute in the morning. Yep. You know, it's, was, it's stuff that starts breaking that up for you. Yeah, and what was so weird for me was I worked a, a lot of midnight jobs, so when they would come on at 5.30, that was like, okay, I got a couple more hours and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And I'd listen to them on the way home. So it was kind of like, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. When I heard that Drew and Mike intro, I knew it was like, okay, a couple more hours, and I'm going home. Oh, and I got to intern for him. It was the shit. I was the man for like six months. and then, But but still, but it left a mark on me. Even when I lived in Kalamazoo, I, I had that third shift by my first full-time radio gig. I was on from fucking 10 to 6. 
And sometimes in the morning, I'd roll up a big fat one and I'd drive like a fucking hour east so I could get the riff. And I would just sit in a fucking parking lot at a rest stop and listen to this show until they finished and then drive back home. Well, yeah, I can tell you that when, when I would leave. This is before yeah. the, the internet people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I should say before streaming on the internet was, uh, it didn't take uh, three hours to listen to 10 minutes of audio. Right, exactly. It didn't buffer for, you know, 20 minutes for two, two, two minutes of, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can, when I move, would move out of state, like, that's, I would miss Drew and Mike. And the, whenever I was driving back in the state, usually because I'm a night owl, I'm driving at night, and I'd usually arrive where I was going sometime in the, you know, early morning or, or, or you know, close to noon. When I got close enough to Detroit to pick up the riff and I heard Drew and Mike, I was like, that's it. Boom. I'm back home. You know, and it, it was just, they were on for so long. And when they, I mean, when they went off the air here in Detroit, if you, first of all, if you don't know how radio works, radio's cutthroat as a motherfucker. They will flip the format of a station and fire everybody with no notice. Yes. That is, that happens all the time. And they went and they told them, guys, look, uh, we're going in a new direction. We're going to bring some other people in. You, what was it? like? I want to say like two weeks before they, they took them off the air, they told them and they gave them those two weeks. Well, to do know like, they found out on the air. Oh, they found out on the That air. they weren't being re-signed. Okay, okay. Yeah, only, only guys that ever got fired. They got fired and they were number one. And they technically weren't fired. They just weren't renewed they were still number one but they were technically but yeah. they were aging out of the demo yeah so but i mean they were given a chance to basically have a you know, couple weeks week maybe i can't remember exactly how long it was to Cardinal i guess say, getting old say, say goodbye to their listeners yeah but a lot of well, yeah but but they got what a lot of people in radio never get a chance to do exactly that's what i'm getting at that's all, just that does not happen especially all, these days all of my last shows on my radio under my radio stations i did not know where my last shows <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> I think you'd be like, "All right, hey everybody, hey, cool, it was fun." Later, nope, it was nope. The shift from the night before. That was your last show. Have a good one, Dick Face. You're fired. Well, yeah, I'm with you, Chris. Ultimately, just another sign. We're getting old, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drives drives the point home that, 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 that Jim Morrison said. You know, no one here gets out alive. Speaking of Jim Morrison, real quick, I just learned yesterday where the phrase Hard Rock Cafe came from. I did not own Morrison Hotel on vinyl. So I was not aware one side was called Hard Rock Cafe and the other side was called whatever the fuck it was called. Oh, I didn't know that was a Doris thing either. (laughs) There you go. And now you know. I feel like I should have that more you know sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) And knowing's half the battle. G.I. Jew... All right. So what else we got? Anything else? We eulogized the minister of fantasy. <laughs> I, that was the other thing I was going to say. He had the most creative way of, of asking, hey, what's your cup size? And he said, when you put your bra on this morning, what size did it say? <laughs> it's like, so you want to know how big my tits are? Is that basically what you're getting at here? You're it's beating around the bush? the least creepy way to ask that question. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess. It's at least creepy. I mean, still admitting it's creepy. <laughs> right, yeah, at least cre- there's a spectrum, but it 
all on the creepy side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media. Get the shows when they come out. At a regimented pod, you can email us on regimented at ChristopherMedia.net. New shows come out every Saturday. You can also check out ChristopherMedia.net for all the other podcasts that are there. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Later. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.